series. Uh, we're getting close to the end of the series. It's called a What You Believe series. And uh, we've been thinking about what are the basic things that we believe. And we've been looking at uh, right back from uh, who God is and how he reveals himself to us, who God is, who we are, uh, how sin has impacted everything that is out there, uh, what Jesus has done, who he is and what he's done and taken the punishment for us. He stood in where we should have stood so that we can be right with God. And this week what we're looking at is uh, the church and what the church is on about. So I'm going to kick off by watching a clip. Uh, We might have seen this before. You might have seen some of the clips before today, but they're worth watching again. Imagine a church where every member is passionately, wholeheartedly, and recklessly calling the shots. I have a busy work week, and by the time Sunday rolls around, I'm tired. So how about a church service that starts when I get there? Can do. When you arrive, we begin. This guy, he plays by his own rules. We want to find a church where if he starts screaming, we're not the bad guys. Say no more. If your baby's screaming, you stay seated. The others around you can leave. You know, financially, Sherry and I don't give a lot to the church, but we'd sure like to know who does. All right, if you join now, you'll know what every person gives in detail. When I'm in the church service, can my car get a buff and a wax? Not just that, but an oil change and a tune-up. Hey, how about tickets to the Super Bowl? That's asking too much. I'm serious. If I'm going to join, I want tickets to the big game. All right, you join now, and we'll get you there. I like a pony. Look in your backyard. Me Church, where it's all about you. Not sure about the pony, but maybe the tickets to the grand final. I think I could go with that. Ah, uh, the church. What is it? What is it? What, what is the church? What is it about? Uh, uh, me, church. Is it all about me and what I can get? Or is it bigger than that? Is there something more than that to it? Well, if you had to live probably 200 or 300 years ago, on a lot of the things that we've talked about in the past, there was lots of people writing about what God's like, what's been happening, uh, what sin's about, what Jesus is about, but not many people were writing about church. But if you live today... Every man and his dog is writing about what church is like. That's my bookshelf and they're just the books on my bookshelf that are about church that I've read in the last few years. Simple Church, Total Church, Sticky Church, Irresistible Church, Breakout Church. All, there's books galore on church everywhere. They're all over the place at the moment. It's the buzzword, what is church and what is it about? Well, they're worth looking at some of those books because it's worth us thinking about it because in some ways we've just tended to follow on and think, well, it's just about Sunday, it's about singing a few songs, about just doing those sorts of things. But is there more to it than that? Well, I think there's a hint to what church is about in the word church. You are. It's not specifically about you, but you are church. Uh, In the past, people have tried to make it out to be an institution, a building, all those sorts of things, but actually, church is about us coming together. And we've been talking about that for quite a while here at church. We've been thinking about what it is to be church. We've been talking about it. We've had Connect, Grow, Serve. We've had being transformed into vibrant followers of Jesus. We've been talking about what it is to be in the community and serve in the community. 
We've been talking about what is being missional and out there. Uh, well, today what we're going to do is jump back just a couple of steps and, and have a bit of a big picture of what church is about, what church is and what we should be on about within that. Uh, and this is my definition. For once, I don't have to use someone else's, but uh, I've come up with this definition. And this is what I think church is about. Church is the people of God gathered together to be equipped and sent on the mission of God together for the glory of God. Now we're going to unpack that uh, through this morning. We're going to think about that. It's church is the people of God gathered together to be equipped and sent on the mission of God together for the glory of God. So I'm going to look at that together this morning. How about I pray and then we'll uh, pull it apart as we go through. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the, the blessing of gathering here this morning to have a think about what it is to mean to gather together as your people, Lord. We pray that as we think this through this morning, that, Lord, we, we may be uh, encouraged because we already believe it. We may be challenged if there's some uh, things we need to think about. And, Lord, we pray in all of it that your spirit will do a work within us, Lord, so that we are people who go out from here wanting to be your people in the community that you've placed us, Lord to seek to serve you within it. Help us to be your people, Lord, here. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, uh, the first thing I think that we need to see is that uh, the church is the people of God. Now, we're going to have a look at 1 Peter in just a moment. But if you go right back to the beginning, uh, back in Genesis when we looked at that right back at the time, the very first in the garden was where God and his people were together in perfect relationship with one another. God and Adam and Eve together in perfect relationship. In a sense, that's God's people together, gathered. But it all broke down, didn't it, after Genesis chapter 3 and they were dispersed. Things got hard, sin into the world and it all changed. But from Genesis chapter 3, end of that onwards, God is working throughout the rest of the Bible to bring his people back together again. And when we look through the Old Testament, the way that he does that is he brings his people together in the nation of Israel. So the people of God throughout the Old Testament is the nation of Israel. That is where God brings his people under his rule in his place. Remember Genesis chapter 12, uh, the promise to Abraham was God's people in God's place under God's rule. That's what his design was and he was doing that through Israel in the Old Testament. Now in the New Testament, uh, it goes bigger than that and goes further than that. Because when we read the whole of the Old Testament, we work out that Israel mucked that up time and time and time and time again. And so it was a picture to show us that we need something better than that, something bigger than that, something that is really about what God is on about. And God's plan was always to be bigger than just the nation of Israel. And so when we get to the New Testament, we see that uh, this gathering of God's people together is the gathering of the church. It's God's people gathered together. It includes Israel and the people of the Jewish nations, but it includes every other nation and comes together. So now no longer are the people of God just a national thing, it's an international thing. But it's an international thing that has a local example as they gather together. So we're going to have a look at our first one. We're going to look at this. Uh, we're going to jump around a little bit in the Bible today. But in 1 Peter, Peter is explaining what it is of the people of God. What he's explaining is those who follow Jesus, those that have put their trust in Jesus, this is who you are now. This is your identity now. Jew, Gentile, whoever, this is your identity. And in 1 Peter, this is, this is what he says 
who we are if we are followers of Jesus. He says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. See how he uses a whole lot of Old Testament terminology to wrap it up and say, now in Jesus, those who've received mercy, who trust in him, you now are the people of God. That is who the church is. The people of God. And so we see that that's uh, us. From the Old Testament, Israel, New Testament, bigger, all God's people, and when they are gathered, then they become the church, in a sense, gathered. Because the word in the New Testament for church is called ecclesia, it's a, a Greek word, and it means the gathering of God's people, coming together. So it's God's people gathered, God's people gathered. You and I gathered together. Now we're going to see a little bit later, it's more than just what we do on Sunday, okay? Uh, but that's the start of it, isn't it? That's the start where we can be. It's God's people gathered together. And when you look at that in the New Testament, we find out that Jesus uses, or the Bible uses, a number of images to try and help us understand what that looks like. What does this gathering together look like? And the main illustration, the main image that they use is body, the body, the body of Christ gathered together. So we're going to hear from Ephesians chapter 4 now and Joan's going to come and read that for us. It's Ephesians chapter 4 and we're just going to go from verse... Well, actually, we might jump you back to verse 4. Is that okay? Sorry. Ephesians chapter 4, reading from verse 4. Unity in the body of Christ. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called... One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as God apportioned it. As God apportioned it. This is why it says, When he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. What does he ascended mean, except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will be no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful schemings. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. May the Lord add his blessing to that reading. 
in first term. Uh, It's a great passage and Paul's talking about throughout Ephesians all about what the church is to be on about uh, and what they're doing and now he's starting to explain how that comes together and what we're to do within that and he uses that body image doesn't he? He uses the body image that we are all joined together, we're all part of it together and he uses the unity idea of it right back at the end, we're one body one people, one spirit, one Lord, one Christ is a unified thing and that has to be gathered together to be unified, doesn't it? So he says he brings us together to be in a body together and that he's given it to us, if you see in verse uh, 11, so Christ gave, sorry, Christ himself gave the apostles. So he's actually brought us together and then he's gifted us to help the body build up. Christ gave these things. We didn't just get these things. He gave these gifts to us to be able to build us up. Now, in Ephesians chapter 4, he uses a lot of teaching gifts as examples. But if you go to 1 Corinthians 12, he uses a whole plethora, there's a big word, plethora of gifts. Huge amounts, a whole lot of different gifts together. But they've all that Jesus has given them to his people, to his body, to bring them together to build one another up. And we'll look at verse 7. To each one he's given by the grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. You see, you haven't been brought together here of your own free will in one sense. Jesus has brought you here. You don't just have the gifts that you have because you just think that you're good and that's what you've done, but God has given them to you. Jesus has given them to you. He's actually given to you for a purpose and that purpose is to build one another up. Verse 16, From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting limit, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. You see, you don't have gifts just so that you can go around and say you've got them or just so that you feel good. Uh, They can be helpful for that, but that's not what they're given to you specifically for. They're given to you specifically to build others up. They're given to you specifically so you can gather together with a group of other believers and followers to encourage them and build them. And what did he say earlier? To go and do works of service. So there's a sent aspect to it as well. We're going to talk about it in just a moment. But we've been gathered together, specifically given gifts to build one another up, to encourage one another, to be together, to be in community together. You see, none of us here... If you're a follower of Jesus, have been saved to be a follower of Jesus, to be a follower of Jesus by yourself. None of you. You've been saved to be a follower of Jesus, to be amongst a group of other believers, to get on to do what God desires you to do. Can I be as bold to say to you that if you are not amongst of other believers, a gather of other believers, using your gifts with them, then you are not the way God designed you to be. Because we need each other. We were made to be with each other. Not just to keep each other so other warm, though on mornings like this, it's not bad to have a whole lot of us here, is it? You get nice and cosy, you don't feel so cold. Uh, but not just to do that, but to build one another up, to encourage one another, to grow together into the head, into Jesus, to be sent out to do that together. Can I be as bold to say this to you? You cannot and you will not be all that God intended to be you to be by yourself. You are made to be connected to his people, to his church, to his local gathering of followers of Jesus. 
Now, we live in a world that is so much about I, so much about what you can do and so much about you just growing yourself and doing your own thing, getting on and being who you are and it's all about you. Well, Jesus is not about that. The Bible's not about that. God is not on about that. God is on about his people coming together to build one another, to grow one another together, to be sent out together. And you cannot do that by yourself. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't do your own Bible study, don't do your own time in the Word, and we need to have significant time out with God. We need to grow our relationship with God individually. But God hasn't left us to that. He says, if you're only doing that, you are missing out on one of my most precious gifts to you. That is, others who love me as well. You know, back in the passage, he says that they are there. You have teachers around you, people around you to grow you so you know Jesus better, grow up into him better so you can go and serve him better. And you can't do that by yourself. So can I challenge you? What is your priority on gathering together with others who believe in Jesus? What is your priority on that? You see, this is not just about Sunday, by the way. Okay, Sunday is only one aspect of it. This is about a lifestyle. This is about an identity. If you read through Acts and the early church and what they did, they met daily together to encourage one another, to build one another up. And what they did is they met daily together. Then the community around them saw that and were blown out by that and they wanted to know more about that and so they asked them about that and so they came to hear about Jesus and their numbers grew exponentially. He said it's about a lifestyle, it's about a holiday. You cannot do this by yourself. Can I just drum that into you, please? Now you're here this morning, great, and I think a lot of you have grasped that. But I think in our individualistic society that we live in, we can sometimes think I can just do it myself. God hasn't designed you to do it yourself. He's given you each other. What is your priority on gathering together with God's people? Can I say, if you want to be on about what God's on about, if you want to be in line with his will and his mission, then it'll be a top priority for you because it is a top priority for him. God's people gathered together to be sent to do and get on with God's mission. You see, the Bible says it it gathers people together. God wants to bring his people together. But in this place, in this world, it's not to stay there. There's this sense like a vacuum, it brings you in, but then there's this centrifugal force that throws us out. And so we're actually being gathered to be scattered. Look at what he says uh, in Matthew 28. Great passage when he's talking specifically to the disciples, but this is a promise he's saying to the rest of us as well. He says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. That's interesting, isn't it? They've seen the risen Jesus, but they're doubting still. Interesting option. We won't go into it that way. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore... Go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and 
teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. You see, this is Jesus' mission. It is to go out and he's sent out. Jesus' mission to come to, the, to earth, part of it was to come to earth, to show us what God's like, to show God's character, to die for us on the cross, to stand where we stood, to rise again so that we can have eternal life. But that's not it. That's not the end of the good news. The rest of the good news is that we are to take that good news to the world. That's what Jesus' mission was. Jesus' mission wasn't only just for Israel and the 12, his disciples and his immediate 500 or so people. It was for this message to get out to everyone, everywhere. And you know the amazing thing about that? He says it's not that he's going to do that. It's that he's sending us to do that. He's sending us to do that. You and I. In the communities that we're in, he wants us to be reaching out so that people come to know Jesus. You see, we have been gathered together as God's people to be sent out into the community around us to be lights for Jesus wherever we are so that more and more people come to know Jesus and that it grows and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, sometimes I think we get a little bit scared about talking about numbers, don't we? That, you know, we're not on about just getting lots of people uh, into this building here specifically or lots of people to follow Jesus and we just talk about being faithful. Now, that's true, but Jesus didn't say just be faithful. In being faithful is we need to be sent and see more and more people come to know Jesus. And the way that he says that that's going to happen is when you and I get out there and do that. Not sit back and just think anyone else can do it, but for us to do that. Now, don't get me wrong, we are a body too, aren't we? So some people are particularly gifted in different ways. Some people are really good about talking about Jesus in conversations, really good at it. Now, we want to empower them and let them go, don't we? Some of us find that a little bit more difficult. Now, we might want to, we, I want to encourage you to keep doing that, but you might be someone who is the support of the person who gets out there and does that. Or you might be really good at making cakes and, and casseroles and so forth, so you might be able to go and be a light by showing that to the people around you by providing that for the people in our community. You might be really good at organisation. You might be able to be really good at actually setting things up so that the mission of Jesus can happen more effectively. You might be earning a whole lot of money and you might be able to be really helpful at being actually financing those things. But we're not to sit on our hands because Jesus doesn't want this church to say, these people here, the people in the whole world, to be the same number. He wants it to grow and get bigger. His mission is to see everyone everywhere to come to know him. And he wants you and I to be part of that. And you and I to be part of that here in the community that we live. Because we're on a mission from God. Blues Brothers. Great film, aren't they? Uh, wasn't, I should say. Uh, we used to have that on a T-shirt, actually, years and years ago. We put it on a T-shirt that we used to wear around the place. Uh, Jack and Gwen still wear it, I think, when they go out on mission. Uh, but it's a great... We are. We're on a mission to God. We've been sent by God to be on a mission for God and it's on His mission, not ours. It's His mission. He wants to see the world come to know Jesus. It's His. And we need to join Him in that. Now, I'm going to show you a clip. We've seen this before, but I, I want to show it again because... So often, I think in the past, we've tended to think that if uh, we just want people to come to us, 
And if they just come to us, then they'll come to know Jesus. Uh, but I think what Jesus is saying is, no, I want to gather you together to send you out so people come to know Jesus. And then you bring them back, and then you send them out, and then you bring them back, then you send them out. And I think churches in the past, we've tend to think, well, if I just run the right event, then that's good. If I just do a really flash church service, then people will come. Build it and they will come. They don't. People come because other people invite them to come. People come to know Jesus because other people talk to them about Jesus or show them Jesus in their life and give them an opportunity to share Jesus in their life. So I want to encourage you to think about that. And this is a short clip called uh, Missional Church Simple. I know it's a terminology, but uh, Missional Church is a bit of a thing that I've been trying to encourage us to think about. It's about being sent out as well as being gathered. This is the missional church, simple. In the past, North American churches have spent large amounts of resources to construct the most attractive places imaginable for the community in which they were situated. The goal was to offer great music, compelling teaching, and a host of programs for the purpose of gathering communities together. Anyone who wanted to come was welcome, and church members were encouraged to invite their friends and neighbors. Generally, people had a pleasant experience. The people who came and were cared for seemed relatively similar. Education, income, pastimes, race, struggles, and histories seemed to be almost identical. Eventually, someone asked the question, what about all the people who aren't like us, but who live around us? Why aren't they here too? In response, many North American churches increased their marketing budget, started direct milling the community, and took out ads in local papers. They also bought Radio Time, released a fresh web page, and offered to host the world's greatest event. The gathered church was determined to attract and stir up new interest in a culture that was increasingly backing out of regular church attendance. Church members relied on the church to do the work of conveying God's story in the world. If someone could be brought to an event, they could hear about Jesus from an ordained pastor. Inviting people became synonymous with evangelism. Having a healthy gathered church with effective small groups, children, youth, and Sunday morning ministries is essential. However, there is more that Jesus wants us to embrace when it comes to impacting our city, our nation, and our world. The missional church, on the other hand, scatters its members to be the church in the community 24-7. The church trains, resources, encourages, and challenges its people to live out the good news in their community by growing in acts of service. Hmm, ever heard that before? Let's face it, there are a number of people who are suspicious of the church and its marketing efforts. However, the missional church sends out its members to live among people unfamiliar with church customs, songs, and what it holds sacred, just like a foreign missionary. The missional church recognizes then that every believer embodies the life of the church in their neighborhood, in their school, their place of work, each one of them telling God's story in the context of compassionate and genuine relationships. Bethel wants to be a missional church, both gathered and... I don't think you need to hear about Bethel, specifically. 
Well, what they're saying is they want uh, their church to be a place where it's both gathered and scattered. And I think that's biblical, isn't it? Uh, that's what Jesus is on about. That's what he wanted us to do. It's God's people gathered together to be equipped, to be sent to get on God's mission together and ultimately, in the end, to be to the glory of God. On God's mission together to the glory of God. Now, we'll just jump back that one. Sorry. Maybe. On God's mission together and to the glory of God. Uh, and we need to do that together. We need to be a team within that. And that's what the next one was about. It was about being a team. If you've been watching the World Cup uh, and the different teams that are out there, they're amazing, aren't they? And I reckon it's one of the most exciting World Cups I've seen. It's the most attacking I've seen for a long, long time. It's not just boring, kick it back, go back again, come forward, go back again. Come forward. No, they're all over the place. It's great. Uh, but when you see the teams and how they operate and how they work, uh, they have got people in a whole lot of different positions, aren't they? Uh, Argentina, fantastic team. Got Messi, probably one of the greatest goal scorers ever. But I tell you what, I would hate it if he was a full-back for them. He couldn't play full-back. He can't play full-back. He doesn't have the skills to play full-back. But he's an amazing goal scorer. You see, the same with us. We're all gathered together. We've been brought together with different gifts to work together to see God's mission on see God's mission grow don't we see more and more people come to know him and we're going to do that together for the glory of God you see it's not just about us being good it's not just about us feeling like we've got lots of people around it's for the glory of God to see people praise him notice that I haven't mentioned much about what we actually do here on Sunday have I because the Bible actually doesn't spend a whole lot of time talking about what we do here on Sunday, talks a whole lot of time about what we are to do to see more and more people come to know him. And that's what brings glory to God. When people see that God is real, when they see pe- people see that Jesus is real, when they see that he impacts people's lives and changes lives, they want to know about that and they see how great God is. Now, don't get me wrong, what we do here on Sunday morning is a great thing and I love it. We really enjoy gathering together like this. It's an important part of what we do, but it's only part of what we do. It's only part of the church. It's bigger and even more grand than just what we do here on Sundays. And it's all to bring glory to God, to say how great and how wonderful He is. Ephesians 3, 20, says this, Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his powers that work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. That is a huge statement. The glory of God to be seen in the church and Jesus, amongst us and Jesus, on the same level, on the same line in a sense. Us to be the glory of God to the world challenge isn't it it's a great challenge to think about how we do that together and we can't do it by ourselves we've gathered together to do that to build one another so we can do that uh this is a statement we've had for a long time that i love it's probably one of my favorite statements it's not mine someone else's uh we are to be living proof of a loving god to a watching world that is what brings glory to god living proof of a loving god to a watching world and we're to do that together, guys. If we're out there by ourselves, yes, but we're still a team while we're out there by ourselves. We do that together. We support one another. We encourage one another. We build one another up so we can be out there. 
So the church, it's not about me. It's not even particularly just about our gifts. It's about a far bigger than that, isn't it? The church is the people of God, gathered together to be equipped and sent on the mission of God together to the glory of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, let's just take some moment now just to allow that to sink in. For us to think about what that means for us individually. We pray, Lord, that by your Spirit, you will challenge us where we need to be challenged, that you'll encourage us where we need to be encouraged, that you'll rebuke us where we need to be rebuked. So then, all of it, Lord, we become more like Jesus. So in all of it, Lord, together, we may bring glory to you. Lord, we pray your Spirit does a mighty work in our hearts. Change us, challenge us, move us, Lord, so that we, Lord, can be on your mission with you, see more and more people come to know you and love you, Lord, and bring glory to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.